I am very excited about today's guest. He is an Opus Classic award-winning harmonica player, and he's been described as a wunderkind since he first started playing. He's equally at home in jazz and classical environments. He is the fantastic Konstantin Reinfeld. Hello, Konstantin. How are you doing today? Hey, Tomlin. I'm doing fine. Um, thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, so for people who uh, don't know much about you, uh, will you tell us where you are currently at, where you're from, and uh, what it's looking like at the moment? Because we are still in COVID times, amazingly. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not really getting better here in Germany. But um, yeah, well, originally I'm like from the west of Germany, like very close to the border to the Netherlands okay um, and I moved to Cologne first for my studies for my music studies and now I'm located in Hamburg so in the north of Germany nice and uh, how are you pretty locked down at the moment oh yeah I think there's even like a curfew um, starting tomorrow here in Hamburg um, wow right so yeah so <laughs> I, I guess that means no gigs no gigs, not really. Like only live streams. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope I can play at least some gigs like outdoors in summer or something. Um, I'm sure there will be like at least like small events happening, but uh, nothing major, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that really sucks. I mean, I, yeah, I've not been in a studio with my band since March 2020. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it really sucks. But um, a couple of things that I wanted to talk about that you've already mentioned. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your your education because uh, you told me some some pretty cool news uh, just before we started recording. But before we talk about that, let, let's have a, a chat about these live streams that you've been doing because uh, I think that a lot of people during COVID just sat at home and did nothing. But you started doing a lot more stuff and you started doing a lot of live stream uh, stuff. So tell us a little bit about that and how it's been going. Yeah, that was crazy. Like one of the best things that happened to me like during COVID, I would say. <laughs> so I was glad that I could start like um, start out with a daily live stream actually mm -hmm. in 2020, like as soon as the lockdown started in March or something. Um, so I actually counted, I did like, 275 live streams last year wow so that's a lot um <laughs> that kept me going like just having that one day that uh yeah i had to be there every day so and so what what you know that that's a lot of live streams were you um teaching something new every day what was what was the plan well, you know, what were you doing every single day and how did you keep fresh and motivated <laughs> Yeah, it was like pretty, pretty educational. Yeah, I was basically teaching. But um, yeah, so I started out German, um, only German live streams on the YouTube channel. But then I think in October last year, I switched over to another platform called Twitch. And there I'm streaming three times a week right now in English. Um, and yeah, it's like I created like a Discord server for the harmonica community who's watching. Mm -hmm. And there's a very very nice connection between me and the viewers and the community through these platforms um definitely different than youtube and 
just started out with uh, monthly harmonica battles or challenges this year. So that's a format I'm really excited about. That's cool. Yeah, I, I noticed um, the, the the funk challenge with Jason Ritchie. Uh, do, you, do you want to tell people a little bit more about what what these challenges are and what the funk challenge was? Because that was cool. Oh yeah, well. Um, that was probably the format I really dreamed of. Um, I discovered it by um, another music producer. Um, his name is Kenny Beats. Uh, I'm really into music production and I'm checking out his streams sometimes. Um, and he started to do beat battles every week. Mm -hmm. He has like a lot of viewers. And I thought it would also be possible with harmonica. So we started out with an Irish harmonica challenge in January with Brent Power. Then we did a train harmonica challenge with Joe Felisco in February. And yeah, the last one was the funk blues challenge with Jason Ritchie. So um, he was the special guest and judging with me. Um, yeah, people have a lot of time to submit their recordings to the Discord channel. And we check them out together. In the end, it's a popular vote. So mm -hmm. um, there are three categories for beginners, intermediates and advanced players. And there are some great prizes all the time. So um, I can continue this like monthly now. And um, yeah, I think we can do a challenge with Howard Levy in April. Wow, that's really cool. That's really really cool, and and it's it's a it's a very fun idea. I like I like everything that's making the community stronger. I think the community got a lot stronger over the last year. Uh, that's just so true. Yeah, in, in general, um, yeah, it's, and it's uh, motivating for everyone because I'm usually in the music scene. I mean, you're meeting up at concerts, at events, and they are not taking place, mm -hmm. so you're not seeing other people play and stuff and that's so important like definitely you see harmonica players in i don't know brazil or china playing um you're really motivated to to practice yourself absolutely and and anyone can take part can't they definitely yeah that's very cool. Well, I, I will make sure that that's linked up in the show notes below uh, your Twitch Twitch channel because um, I, I think Twi Twitch is a very famous platform outside of the harmonica world. Um, like it's maybe a slightly younger platform than uh, than we're normally used to, uh, but it's 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 pretty easy to use, and uh, I, I think that. Um, it, it will be good if people start looking over there and it's all geared up for streaming, whereas YouTube isn't necessarily quite as clean, I don't think. Um, so you've been doing a lot of live streams, but you've also been uh, doing, so you've been uh, finishing your master's degree, haven't you? Exactly. Yeah, that's like very recent. So I played my final concert um, on Tuesday evening. Obviously, that was a live stream concert only. Mm -hmm. um, there was basically nobody in the room with us, <laughs> only like the live streaming team. But um, it was fun. I mean, I was supposed to play that um, at the Big Alp Jazz Festival here in Hamburg mm -hmm. um, last summer already. Um, and of course, I p postponed it. Um, the festival didn't take place and my hope was to play my final concert at least in front of some people mm -hmm. but yeah uh not possible right now and i really i just had to do it um in march yeah. so but yeah. that's cool so what, what was your masters exactly well yeah i started out with um 
a program that was called Jazz Pop in Cologne for four years. So mm. that's where I got my bachelor degree. And in Hamburg, um, that was just a very special master degree, um, which was split. Um, so there was 50% instrumental and 50% something I chose, which was music production. And but within the, the instrumental part of my studies, I had the chance to um, get lessons with uh, Howard Levy. Wow. So that's very special about the master program here in Hamburg. So you can choose your teacher. It can be mm -hmm. anyone. You just have to, yeah, make make the connection or get in touch yourself. That, that's amazing. I mean, <laughs> what, what was it like working with Howard Levy? Yeah, I mean, that was fantastic. Like, I just remember getting to know him for the first time in 2011, I think. There oh, was wow. at the Frankfurt Music Fair where I was um, for Honor at their booth for the first time as an endorsee. Um, and he gave me a lesson there on site and uh, talking about some diminished scale patterns and I didn't understand anything at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, like especially his online school, the Holy V Harmonica School, helped me a lot to dive into jazz and yeah so that was fantastic to just be in touch with him directly and within the studies i even had the chance to get him over fly him over to hamburg um, he wow. was an artist in residence at the music school for a week and we played a concert together and there's another concert in hamburg being planned for this year too wow so, I mean, that's nuts because like Howard, Howard Levy makes everyone scared in the harmonica community because he's just such an incredible player. Um, that, that must have been just the most amazing opportunity. Um, and uh, we, we've actually got, got people who uh, some of my students have asked questions for you. Um, and, and people were quite interested to hear about mentors and uh, kind of important people in your musical development. Uh, so I, I guess Howard Levy must be um, quite a big one. Uh, were, were there any others along the way? Well, yeah, it was really about like in advancing on the instrument all the time. So mm. Howard Levy was the best uh, example for that. Um, and yeah, after I started out playing just checking out like regular like folk music and getting into blues um i just wanted to get better on the instrument and the only thing i saw online was jazz mm -hmm. um so that's why i played jazz not that i like jazz but i still like improvising mm -hmm. um but um i don't like jazz in general too much like <laughs> okay that's really interesting i i, I didn't know the instrument so um howard levy of course played a huge role there and just like broadening my perspective musically, um, I got into electronic music at some point and mm -hmm. um, checked out a producer. His name is Flying Lotus. Um, his uncle or his aunt, I think, is Alice Coltrane. Oh, so wow. um, there's definitely like a jazz connection there. And that was very exciting for me and definitely broadened my perspective um, on music. So that played a huge role. That's cool. I, I, I like that, that that's probably something that's quite unexpected uh, when you know, you're chatting to a harmonica player and it's kind of some, you know, more of a kind of music producer electronic act that uh, you're kind of listening to and getting inspiration from. Uh, that's very, very cool. Uh, so let, let's, let's go a, a bit further back and go to your origin story. Um, 
do you, do you come from a musical family? Was it, was it something that you were destined to do or uh, did you discover it yourself? Well, definitely musical, but like n nothing professionally going on in my family. Like my uh, grandfather sang in a choir, but um, yeah, my mother also likes to sing and my father is into music. I grew up listening to a lot of uh, like Creedence, Clearwater Revival and Rolling Stones and stuff like that. Um, but also my mother was really into bossa nova and jazz. Um, so I don't know if I picked it up that early on already, but yeah, that's like the background. So I started out playing piano very early on and getting lessons from my mother. Mm -hmm. I was being paid for the lessons. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And um, yeah, I didn't really like playing piano. I didn't really practice. Um, I didn't really like my teacher then. <laughs> but um, coming up, I just started to play the clarinet after some time. Um, I fell in love with the sound at some point, but um, yeah, even though I got really good on the instrument, I didn't really practice. Like it was like the standard, mm -hmm. just practicing 15 minutes before the lesson. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really notice that we actually dove in, got into jazz and improvising a little at some point already. Um, but yeah, after some time, I uh, just started to take the harmonica into my hands when improvisation was needed during mm. my clarinet lessons. And I think the teacher already knew that that it was over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how, how old were you when you started playing harmonica specifically? Well, I started playing when I was 13, I think. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and when you were when you were really starting out did you manage to find someone to teach you harmonica or were you kind of teaching yourself at that stage oh yeah i was really teaching myself so um i started out buying a blues harp ms and a little instruction book um came home um it was like during christmas i think um so my grandparents were at home and my grandfather was sitting at the piano and said oh you should try to play the major scale. And I started out on one whole blow and like, as soon as I reached a two whole draw, I, <laughs> I couldn't play the scale. Um, so that was weird already, but really I just um, worked on the whole thing, um, just using the instruction book. And then the internet was the biggest help mm -hmm. ever, like just signing up to the harmonica forums that are online. There's also a German one. And I was, uh, just very happy that I could upload my recordings there. Mm -hmm. um, very bad webcam recordings of my harmonica playing. I uploaded them to YouTube and I got fantastic feedback from the community. And that's how I learned um, until some people got in touch with me there. And uh, there was a teacher from Germany who gave me like the first Skype lessons, um, teaching me like the basics. And that's where I noticed that oh, I can actually learn harmonica online through Skype and uh -huh. ask my favorite players for lessons. And that's what I did. Like all the players that I discovered on YouTube, I just wrote them an email and asked for a little lesson. And like gladly, like the harmonica community is so generous. Like I get like f at least like one lesson for free from everyone. Um, Brilliant. So that was fantastic. Yeah. 
That's cool. So who, who are some standout people that, that you remember getting lessons with uh, on Skype kind of early days? Who, who are the people that... Uh, well, yeah, starting out, uh, I got some lessons from Ben Bauman from the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. It was very close uh, to my hometown. Um, uh-huh. He was organizing some festivals there and I went there sometimes. Um, I also learned Dutch at school, so... Oh, wow. Multilinguist. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I think I got a lesson with Carlos Del Junco, um, Mariano Masolo, Dennis Grunling. Wow. But really just like single lessons, basically. Uh-huh. Um, just getting to know them. Um, so, yeah. That's very cool. I, I, I can, I can, uh, oh, I, I can only imagine what, what that would have done. Uh, that would have been absolutely amazing to get lessons from those guys. Um, one thing I'm interested is, you know, you, you are, uh, a very technically able, uh, diatonic player and you, you play very advanced bending and overblowing and overdrawing and all that kind of thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested as to why you picked diatonic when you could, have gotten those notes more easily on a chromatic what, <laughs> what what made you make that choice i mean i think it wasn't my choice it was just the sound that i fell in love with uh-huh. like i mean there are still situations where i really like the sound of the chromatic harmonica but um i feel like a just for me personally i have a better better connection to the diatonic harmonica and i feel mm-hmm. like i have more control over the expression and um yeah, I, I can express myself better through it. So, yeah, I just play a little chromatic here and there, like if you, if people want me to play it. Uh-huh. But yeah, the diatonic harmonica is just... It speaks to you. My instrument, yeah. Yeah. But that, that I mean, that, that's, that's something that I hear a lot from pro players and students. It, it's very rarely their first instrument. You know, they, they've usually tried a bunch of things. You know, you, you had piano, then clarinet, and then you had that moment. And I get it all the time with, with students who, it, it's usually a size thing. So that they usually start with a big instrument physically and it gets smaller and smaller. I think they think that by the time they get to harmonica, it's going to be easier because it's smaller. Yeah. Uh, and by that stage, they just think, okay, well, I'm going to commit to it even though it's hard and they fall in love. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, I think the expression is is a big deal. Um, I've uh, I've got I've got an- another question from a student. Vladimir has asked uh, about improvisation um, and and kind of what scales you use and uh, how you would uh, recommend improving improvisation skills. Um, so yeah, get, so uh, your your two minute tips for for someone who who wants to get better at improvisation. Well. I mean, that's a very general question, right? <laughs> okay. Well, he, he, he wants to know, especially for the blues. Okay. Um, so I think he wants kind of scales and modes that, that would be useful for the blues and then maybe your approach. Well, I mean, of course, like in blues, like most players are familiar with like the, the two scales, like the blues scale probably, or just the pentatonic um, and like the mixolydian mode, which just lays out naturally on the instrument so um yeah thinking about blues music of course like there's a lot of stuff going on there that's like more like lick based you could Mm -hmm. say that um compared to jazz where you're often dealing with like a continuous flow of eighth notes Mm -hmm. 
um, which is definitely another approach and needs some needs some practice or like some time to adjust to if you started out playing playing blues. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, combining these two flavors, that's pretty nice, I think. So yeah, and then also it's uh, there are a lot of more a lot more scales coming in there into play in jazz, I think. So, but that involves a lot of theory. So I'm still very very interested in like. Um, not only thinking about scales and playing um, fast stuff, but also really interested in like tone on mm-hmm. the moniker and how you can change that and expression and leaving leaving pauses. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's fantastic advice. Uh, and it's interesting because I, I just had a, a lesson with Philip Jarris. Um, and basically I, I wanted a lesson on how to make my blues sound more jazzy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he, uh, he said, Oh, don't, don't, don't think about scales. Think about arpeggios, uh, and, and really focus on, on playing the chord tones and yeah, like thinking about jazz, there are like these two approaches, like starting out with the arpeggios only yeah, and adding approach notes from below, from above. Um, and then there's like on the other side, the scale chord connection, um, where you really connect like every chord with one specific scale and yeah, then you can also swear just uh, switch them up. Yeah. So would, would you say you're, you're more one side or the other? Are you more scales or more chords? Mm, no, that really depends on the, on the piece or okay. on the style or, or my mood. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, okay. So, um, why well, I, 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 th- I th- well, we've answered one of one of the students asked why harmonica. Uh, I think you've answered that question really well. Uh, but uh, one one thing that I I think is a, a good area to go to because I know that you you do like blues, uh, even though you, you're maybe not well known for playing blues. Yeah. Uh, Eddie wants to know uh, what your kind of favorite blues tunes are and um, and kind of uh, what what players are your your favorite blues players. Oh, my favorite blues players. That's very clear. Uh, when I was really into blues and listening to blues harmonica, um, the CDs I bought were um, recordings by Rick Astrin and Rod Piazza. Nice. That's what I really enjoyed. Um, that was also very entertaining and uh, like also the connection to their singing voice, which I think is amazing for both of them. Mm-hmm. Like that's very special to me. Yeah. Oh, those are, those are cool, cool examples. And also the names I hear a lot, but they're not, they're not names that you hear straight away. It's, oh, yeah, it's, especially Rod Piazza. Have yeah. Heard him like on recent harmonica podcasts at all. I know. And he's, he's so an amazing player. <laughs> Um, okay, I've got, got another question from a student uh, about uh, fitting in with a pianist. Um, so uh, Mariko wants to know, you, because you play with a pianist quite a lot, um, how, how do you fit the two instruments together? Uh, are there things that you need to think about specifically for that kind of arrangement? Well, I mean, first off, there's like the big difference in like size between the two instruments. <laughs> <laughs> So the piano is pretty big. The harmonica is very small, um, especially playing on stage. Like I think the monitoring for the harmonica is very important. You got to be able to hear yourself 
very well and the pianist has to be able to hear yourself so um that's very important but yeah maybe the question was heading more to was like arranging or i think uh, well i i'm i'm I directed it more towards arranging, but the question was just f fitting the two instruments together, musically together. Um, so I guess, are there kind of um, range issues that you need to think about? Because, um, you know, pia piano kind of covers everything and, and fills up a big sonic space. Uh, how do yeah, you fit I mean, around that? It really depends on the pianist too, like, yeah. uh, and his, his feel and also the... The, the time you spend with the pianist you're playing with, like, um, he, he has to adjust a little, mm -hmm. of course, and he will learn from what the harmonica can do and how it sounds. And again, that also depends on the player. So I'm playing um, with Benjamin, my uh, classical pianist, but we also play some jazz and a lot of improvised music um, for four years now. And he's very... Very, very, very good at mm. that. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in how you pick classical repertoire. Um, is there another instrument that you you will pick from? You know, for example, is, is violin music good for a harmonica player to play, or like, what's the instrument that is most easy to move from? Well, if you think about the the range of the harmonica, um, the violin is very similar, and the flute. So, mm -hmm. checking out a lot of those pieces, yeah, yeah. it makes I, a lot of sense. But in the end, of course, like um, I don't uh, try to restrict myself mentally at all, and just um, I'm always surprised what's possible on the instrument. Um, mm. Even if I do like jazz transcriptions and stuff, and I find phrases that lay out fantastically on the harmonica, which I never think of. So, yeah, um, in the end, it's just like just like my my taste. If I like a piece, I sure. just try to make it work on the harmonica. Yeah. So you you said a little bit earlier that you you aren't the biggest jazz fan. Um, kind of naturally, so I, I'm wondering what what where do you see your your own music going uh, in the future? Are you going to be doing more kind of beats and harmonica and mixing the two together? Is is that something you're interested in? Well, I'm interested in that. It's hard actually um, to make it make it work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So um, um, I think I prefer like making music for for singers, like producing. Yeah. But, um, I think I really like to improvise. I mean, that's a very general thing, mm -hmm. um, and that can be jazz. And I like jazz. Um, I especially like jazz when you can see that the players really have fun mm -hmm. playing jazz. Like, yeah. Because that's not always the case. Um, from what I know. So um, it can be too serious at some point. Well, I, I think quite often I, I've noticed in, in kind of my, my local musician pool that there kind of gets a stage in in people's development where they've kind of done done everything that they wanted to do. And so the next logical challenge is to do the hardest music they can find. And so it's jazz and it turns into a bit of an academic uh, yeah, exercise. That's what I don't like. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm with you. I, I, but, you know, I think, you know, you, you come from that sort of bluesy, expressive background and, and that's 
probably going to be important forever uh, in your playing that even if you're playing musically very complex things, you still want that amazing expression and tone. You said that tone was very important to you. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of very technically gifted musicians forget about. They forget about, you know, how do you just, how do you make a note sound absolutely fantastic? Um, and and that that's, I think, your kind of, your secret weapon <laughs> that you, you care about that. Yeah, I care a lot about that. I mean, it just comes with the instrument so naturally, and that's why I try to include it everywhere. Like, um, doesn't matter if I'm playing like film music and world music or video game music. I mean, that's cool. So, before before we uh, wrap things up, I, I'd love to uh, find out if there's anything uh, new that you're working on, any kind of uh, new projects that you want to tell us about, anything you're really excited about. Well, um, I recorded an album with uh, Stevie Wonder songs some time ago already. Uh -huh. um, we're going to put some of those songs out this year. So that's also a duo setting with uh, a jazz pianist from Berlin, Christoph Spangberg. And besides that, uh, I'm continuing like the classical project with Benjamin Nuss on piano. So we've been to the studio in the end of February recording some pieces that were actually composed for our duo. So there are seven compositions that were written mm -hmm. for us. Um, also very contemporary ones because nice. I met up with the composers and I showed them all sorts of like weird harmonica techniques and they really enjoyed them and they, they put them into the compositions. <laughs> awesome. That's um, very cool. So one of them is already on our first CD uh, written by Masashi Hamauso, who's um, yeah famous for his work um, in the video game music world okay. basically nice i'm writing music for final fantasy um we have a piece that we just recorded written by miguel edward ferguson who arranged a lot of strings for flying lotus the la mm -hmm. producer i mentioned earlier um and right now howard levy is writing a piece for us which is very exciting nice and um, aaron parks who's an amazing jazz pianist from new york whom I had a lesson with at some point too when I was there. And we want to, yeah, just send out even more composition mandates mm -hmm. for our instruments. Um, so that's very exciting. That's like the next um, classical album nice. with Benjamin. And then I'm really into music production, but like there's not, not always harmonica in there. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Um, so any plans to tour once, uh, once lockdown has ended? Well, yeah, there are so many days that are being postponed, like, for many times now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I'm sure there's something happening very soon. Um, cool. And I hope that some of the harmonica festivals take place. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we need to get, get those happening again. Uh, I think pe people are, are missing out on all, all the amazing experience of being in a room with other musicians playing the same instrument as you it's uh, it's very powerful um well listen constantin this has been awesome uh, it's been a, a very very fun way to spend a little bit of time uh what what's the best place for people to find out more about you uh where, where should they check out your stuff well i think i'm most active on instagram okay um that's 
probably the best place. But in terms of music, um, harmonica, of course, like the Twitch channel, I'm online there every every week, like three times a week. Nice. Um, so we're doing the challenges and of course, I can check everything out on Spotify in terms of music. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I will link all of that up in the show notes and uh, yeah, invite people especially to go to the Twitch channel because then they get to to watch you live, which is very fun. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, hopefully we can do a round two at some point uh, if you're keen. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right. Take it easy. I'll see you soon. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of My Harmonica Podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast service of choice. And if you're ready to take your harmonica playing to the next level, then you should check out my online harmonica school over at tomlinharmonicaschool.com. Happy harping!